Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Wyatt Schultz and Dick Briggs. Uh, quick question, guys. Uh, with this format, do you think I wear pants during the podcast? <laughs> that, that, that's a scary question. And why would you even put that out there as a thought? <laughs> well, see how much how well you know me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you do, probably. <laughs> the The answer is I do because my wife and daughters have made it a house rule. Uh, even though I'm working from home, I must wear pants. So uh, pants it is every time we, we do a podcast, just to ease your mind. Well, kudos, to, kudos to the family. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, another uh, another. Weekend of competition in the books. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I all victorious. Uh, where do you guys want to start uh, with our recap of last week and talking about uh, uh, duels that occurred? Well, we might as well start with Minnesota. That was on Friday night. Iowa State, you and I were on Sunday. Okay. Uh, of course, Iowa with a big win. Um you know, they've wrestled two programs that traditionally are, are very competitive, and they pretty much just ran away with the duel from from the start. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on just Iowa's dominance here uh, to start this abbreviated season? I, to me, they're almost phenomenal. Because, uh, you know, they could go through that whole lineup, you know, just like they did with Nebraska, um, almost to a point of, uh, of skunking them. And, and kind of like Brand said on his, uh, on his press conference, Gable Stevenson may be one of those guys that you're glad he's on. You, you would be glad if he's on your team, but you don't want to wrestle against him. But, <laughs> but uh, uh you know, the other thing that I enjoyed about watching that duel is the fact that they wrestle for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not like they wrestle for five minutes and then coast in that third period. They're still going at it. Uh, you know, look at Ironman in that last uh, in that last period trying to get a tech fall. Uh -huh. my, my thoughts are, I, I think we know how good Iowa is, but this a crazy year with with the limited competition so the, the bigger question is how good is nebraska and minnesota and where do they fit in you know i was really looking forward to this weekend uh or with uh with michigan and even illinois who's really shown their 4-0 and and uh, doing a great job so to you know to maybe even have a better barometer to see where iowa's at but uh there's no question iowa's a great team it's kind of where those other two that they wrestled fall in. So we'll sure. see. You know, the one thing that gets me, it's a, it's a rarity. There have been teams that have been very dominant, but to be able to post or put somebody out on the mat every weight, knowing that they could win. You know, there are some, some matches that, you know, some teams that they have a, a weak weight or a drop off as far as talent at a, a, a weight or two, especially when 
you know, program fully funded programs only have nine point nine scholarships to give, right? This is one of those exceptions where, you know, obviously uh, it takes somebody like Gable Stevenson to really dominate uh, their opponent, but Iowa just has this level of competitor that each time out they they legitimately could sweep all ten against most teams. Right. I guess if I think of another team uh, in the not too distant past, it would probably be Penn State when they had, did they have five national champs returning on that team? Uh, was it two years ago? So, you know, that, that type of a team, and certainly Iowa, I mean, obviously we didn't have nationals last year, but they have some great kids returning. And you know. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this uh, a little bit, but the dominance of Spencer Lee, um, you know, it, it, it's hard not to take that for granted and see what he we, – we talked about what he did against uh, Liam Cronin of Nebraska. Um, and now you've got uh, Patrick McKee where he was dominating 14-0 when he got the last turn. So he would have had a tech fall 18-0. He gets a pin in less than two minutes against a guy that's ranked number nine. You know, this has just become commonplace to the part to the point where it's it's just numbing, I guess, to where oh yeah, it's that's what he does, and it's not normal. You know, to me, he's he's so um, it it'd be kind of nice to see him wrestle a couple of of other guys, but it's almost like it's Spencer Lee and everybody else. Yeah, I agree at that weight. Certainly that's the case. Uh, I kind of feel bad for the rest of Spencer's teammates because the discussion goes to him so, a lot, but in, a, in one sense, it might, you know, he kind of deflects everything. And, and, uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, that's a great team, like we were saying, and, and, and uh, it, it, they could have multiple national champions champions on that team for sure. Uh, so Spencer's he's something special that's it's I'm glad he's on our team <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was named uh, uh Big Ten co-wrestler of the week with uh uh oh I can't remember the I think he's a 25 pounder from Wisconsin who uh pinned the Purdue kid um was last weekend as well but uh it, it, Dick you bring up a really really good point that you know uh, Spencer Lee's named wrestler of the week, but here you had Austin DeSanto uh, with a with a huge tech fall, scoring 21 points in in his match. Then you had Jaden Ironman, uh, you know, who scored uh, 22. The two of them almost outscored the entire Minnesota team in match points, uh, just between the two of them. Then you've got Caleb Young. I tell you what, I think I was probably as impressed with Caleb Young as anybody um, with his win, uh, that ride out, and and what he was able to do to, to come away with a victory there. Um, I, I think this is a Caleb Young of two years ago, more so than uh, the guy that took the mat last year. Yeah, it's early. He got that pancake takedown in the ride out for the win, and uh, in the tiebreaker won, and and uh, if I'm remembering that right anyway. And uh, 
Yeah, that was an impressive win for sure with Caleb. I, I, and you're, there's a guy that, you know, again, focus goes to a lot of his teammates. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's a nice win over Lee for sure. I think Lee's top, close to five, top five, if not in there. Yeah, I think he was ranked sixth. I think they were like sixth and seventh or sixth and eighth, something like that. Yeah, sixth and seventh. But, um, you, you know, just like just like uh, uh, everybody else on the team, they somebody like Caleb gets so overshadowed by, uh, you know, like Ironman's uh, cartwheel, you know. And, uh, you, you know, even though they're great and impressive wins, they – a lot of these guys are just getting overshadowed, even though they're they're right in the mix for a for a title. Yeah, and I think one of the impressive things about the Iowa team was uh, I don't think they gave up a takedown until uh, till one seventy or one eighty four was it? Right. Then, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, just to back up with Ironman for a second, and I tweeted this out during the duel. You know, one of the things that he meant, you know, Ironman's got this wide open style. And we saw that with the cartwheel that turned into the points, right? Um, and you expected that kind of funky, unorthodox thing from him, possibly. But one of the reasons why he came to Iowa was because the brands could help him more with the basics and to kind of have a little bit of a symbiotic uh uh, relationship with his style and a more basic style and they feed off one another and I think he saw that you know it was I think his first two takedowns were were basic fundamental wrestling and then that allowed things to open up to where he hits a move like that and it's open and that's one of the reasons why he came to Iowa and now we're seeing uh, kind of that work you know, and that emphasis kind of showing in his wrestling a little bit to where that increased uh, focus on basics and improvement in that area has made him a better wrestler. And now it's opening up those opportunities where he can he can do big things with funk and that unorthodox thing. I think we saw that uh, uh, in that move specifically against Minnesota. Yeah, the um, uh, I think the brands are helping him with the basics, and then it also enhancing his uh, his I don't know if you want to call it unorthodox, but his funky style. Funky, um, yeah. You know, uh, he has, they're not deterring that. And he has such powerful hips. Uh, if you watch that, and 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 I'm not sure it's you know I'm sure, certainly it's the brands, but you know it's the clientele in the room, you know. He's got, you know, a lot of great workout partners to help him develop, and, and he helps them develop as well, so. You know, and um, even going up going up the lineup, you know, talking about hips, Nelson Brands, uh, he's got great hips as well um, uh, for for defense and, and, and offense. Right. I, I, would, I would throw Kemmer into that as well. I mean, Kemmer's so thick in the chest, and and uh, he's so strong, but obviously those hips and, and great mat awareness on all of those guys. You know, the thing with Kemmer that, I, you know, I've said this uh, a lot. He is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Borschel and Metcalf, 
were two guys that I used to love seeing take the mat uh, as well. Lujan, uh, Carr, guys, guys like that, really fun to watch. I think Kemmerer is right up there. He wrestles through positions so as well as anybody I think I've ever seen. You know, the, the takedown against Hall last year is a prime example where you think, oh, my God, he's given up a, a score or points, and somehow he just continues to wrestle and wrestles through things and then ends up turning into points. He, uh, and I can't remember who the Minnesota wrestler was, uh, 74, but uh, it looked like he was dead to rights. Like he had a takedown on Kemmerer. Kemmerer kept wrestling and somehow prevented giving up two and then eventually got another takedown of his own. I mean, I think he does that as well uh, as anybody in an Iowa single. Right. Right now. You're talking about Ayler? For, for yep. Minnesota. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's who he wrestled. I think he got in on a mm-hmm. takedown and had him dead to rights, and Cameron just kept wrestling through. And you know, I was actually kind of impressed with the Minnesota uh, uh, sixty-five and seventy-four pounder, both uh, Sparks, is a true freshman that wrestled Marinelli, and he's a great hand fighter. And Marinelli was it was having trouble penetrating and finishing on some shots. I mean, obviously he won and did a nice job, but give credit to to Sparks. He, that true freshman. Uh, you know, I thought Warner had a nice turnaround from his loss to Schultz the, the week before. Um, now, granted, the level of opponent is a lot different. Um, but I, I thought he did a nice job bouncing back. But, you know, I, I know we talk about Spencer Lee, but, you know, Gable Stevenson on the other end of the spectrum or uh, the other end of the, uh, the weight classes. He's that he's that same way. I mean, I tell you what, you wouldn't think you were looking at a one versus three matchup uh, the way that that he really controlled and dominated that match. And you know, there's a time there where you thought, oh, hey, it's five three, five two. Uh, it looks like he's, you know, he might be getting tired or, or slowing down. And then, bam, he blows the doors off uh, Chessiope in the third period and really pulled away um you know something that elite wrestlers do yeah he's he kind of showed that just just like spencer he's um kind of a step ahead of uh or in a class by himself or at least so appears at this point um just solid you know and uh uh you know he he wasn't very far away from winning a national title as a freshman I don't, I don't know him at all. I know that he's very athletic, but, but he seems like the kind of guy that you almost have, he almost has to calm himself in the match to try and I mean, other just explode and and uh, and I mean that in two different ways. One, just explode and in, in this way he doesn't have to calm himself, but would would blast open the, any match really. I mean that's the number one versus number three, and uh, and it wasn't close. And, and he's also one that looks like he could be a little edgy. You never know might happen. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I usually hate conversations like this. Um, but, you know, Minnesota is really, has really had some uh, – had a tough go of it ever since 
uh, J-Rob stepped down, um, some issues on and off the mat. Um, and, and I know this season, Dick, you kind of alluded to it before. You don't know exactly where other programs are, are at with how different this season is and how the off season was um, with, with a disruption to the regular routines. But, you know, Agam has just had a tough go of it. Um, you know, does, does Minnesota need a change up there or do they just need to, to kind of weather the storm, uh, pun intended, given, you know, the Minnesota storm wrestling club? I guess I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I think it, if a coach loses their job this year, that's not very fair, given all of the variables that are going on with COVID and everything else. And, uh, but do I think there's concern? Probably. Yeah. But if anything were to happen, I would think it probably might happen after this year, you know, next year or whatever. But uh, I just think it would be unfair this year. Yeah. Just with everything going on, um, the, this is not a, a normal situation for, for anybody. Um, you have to be, you have to be a little more flexible and, and lenient. Um, I think this season too. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I, I would, uh, think you'd have to weather the storm. Like you say, um, I hadn't quite thought about it the, uh, the way the season went, but it's just one of those that I, I think you needed to weather the, um, give him a little time, I guess. Uh, Iowa has a home duel. Um, their second of three home duels uh, this weekend on Sunday, 11 a.m. They're going to face Illinois, a little bit of a change. Saturday night, which I think is, I don't know, this might be one of the oddest news releases I think I've ever had on a Saturday night when the University of Michigan released that it was shutting down all its uh, sports. Um, I think it said, Indefinitely up to 14 days, or or uh, I, I'd have to look back at the terminology, but it was the the verbiage was a little different. Up to 14 days. Uh, apparently, the they've had they had five positive tests of the variant to the coronavirus that has started to to pop up, and you know I think uh, in Europe um, and some other places. Um, and now it's starting to uh, pop up in the United States, but because of its uh, apparently more contagious and accelerated um, issues, but they've shut down everything for 14 days, uh, athletic events, practices, uh, across all sports, uh, workouts. Um, so that's going to keep us from seeing a number one Iowa versus number two Michigan on Sunday. Um, not really surprising, is it, that uh, something like this happens, but still kind of a, a disappointment as far as not seeing that duel on Sunday? I think it's disappointing. Um, I mean, I, I understand. I, I don't mean it that way, but uh, just because I would like to see – you know, the way Iowa dominated Nebraska, how, or, or, or maybe the way Dick said, uh, 
you you want to see how these other teams are. We know what Iowa is. It, it'd be nice to see what these other teams are. You know, I, this is the first I'd heard that they had five people that tested positive for that variant. Um, you know, that's it, it wasn't it wasn't wrestling specifically. Right. It was sports wise. Five on the right. campus. Yeah, and the, I I thought the way I read it, I haven't read very much other than maybe what you even wrote. It was it was at least fourteen days, wasn't it? That they're going uh, I think it was up to fourteen days. To fourteen, okay. Up to so fourteen. Sooner. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to try and know what the right answer is, but I know it's disappointing for those athletes and their families and the coaches and and uh, and the fans as well. So, you know, we've we've done that one last March, right when the, everything hit. So I don't know if we're going to have a knee jerk reaction like we did last March or. If this is the smart thing. I mean, it appears to be, be smart because remember, we want to get to the end, you know. So if it means not having a duel to get to the end, then so be it. Well, interestingly, uh, yesterday during the weekly media press conference, I think a lot of people know who Mike Finn is. Uh, he's the, uh, the uh, editor with uh, a Win magazine. Um, he asked, you know, if this, I think he asked if this was the the right move, um, or if it would be better off to shut down the regular season to ensure there was a postseason. You know what I mean? If I if I kind of remember his uh, uh, question right, but it was along the lines of. Should the regular season be halted or, or stopped to make sure, hey, in a month from now, we do have conference tournaments uh, and the NCAA championships? Because that's what uh, a lot of people point to. Well, that would be a tough answer to me um, to shut it down. Um, you know, I, like, like we've talked about before, you know, we don't, I wouldn't know what the right answer would be. It'd be kind of hard to have no season and then just a national championship. So, or, or qualifier. So, you know, I guess I don't, I don't know what, what would be the, the answer. Well, if you remember uh, last week or the week before I was talking about the schedules and how Iowa state had a big schedule with lots of uh, contests and Iowa had a smaller one and you and I was somewhere in between and it was kind of two different philosophies in my opinion Iowa State was making this big schedule and having a big season Iowa has you know the Big Ten not Iowa but the Big Ten has a you know smaller season fewer dates and other conferences even less and uh, and so if you know if you shut it down now it doesn't necessarily guarantee there is a national tournament so in essence, you shut down the season and potentially not have the, the tournament anyway. Um, you know, so to me, I say, you know, limp along or do what needs to be necessary in the regular season and let's get to that national tournament. So. Yeah. Uh, Cause if something, hap if something happens now, you still have time to recover and, and get to that ending point. Um, you know, so I guess I kind of get what you're getting at, Dick, with 
uh, limp along and, and get some, some matches in or some meets in. And, and, uh, uh, because even if the qualifiers or the conference tournaments, uh, you've still got a couple of weeks to recover even after that. Right. And I guess we're kind of taking the stance that if someone does uh, contract COVID, they're re recovering pretty quickly. You know, if it was a different situation where it was it became fatal type situations, you know, then obviously that's a whole different, you know, ball of wax there for sure. Mm -hmm. uh so even without uh, uh, Michigan, there's still going to be a big duel on uh, Sunday. The BTN will have uh, Illinois and, and Iowa. Illinois ranks 15th right now after starting 4-0. Um, you know, I guess I was just surprised to see, you know, Illinois has six wrestlers ranked in the top 13. Um, I think nine wrestlers ranked in the top 24 of their respective, uh, respective weights, uh, you know, it's still going to be a, you know, another quality team coming in on Sunday. And that was, that was kind of the message that Tom Brands and Jacob Warner, uh, talked about yesterday was that, you know, yeah, it's disappointing that, uh, Michigan's not here, but we still have to, you know, be ready and take care of business on Sunday in Illinois. Um, what do you guys think about the matchups there? I think there's a couple of pretty decent matchups. Um, 49, 50, or 49, uh, I don't know what 65 would be with Bronigal, but uh, um, there still could be some pretty good matches in there. Um, it'll be, you know, if, if you if you want to go by rankings, uh, which, how much do they really mean? But, uh, you know, they could go down there and not win a match yeah like we said rankings are kind of difficult this year because there hasn't been much competition and it's so late but you know results illinois is 4-0 they beat indiana badly they they beat ohio state that's ohio state <laughs> been a good program uh, lately they uh, they beat wisconsin uh 21 to 9 and then uh purdue beat purdue 19 to 17 so they're i mean they they're a quality team, so we'll see. Nothing to overlook, that's for sure. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the matchups that I think is kind of uh, interesting, and I look forward to it. It's uh, it's at one forty nine. Mm -hmm. uh, Carr versus Murin. Um, I'm not sure if people kind of remember the history between. Uh, these two, but a couple of years ago, they were both at 141 um, and they had some uh, downright battles. Um, Carr won uh, in the duel at Illinois uh, and then uh, uh, Murin won at the, uh, at the Big Ten Championships in Minnesota and then won again at the NCAA Championships uh when the two faced off if i remember correctly uh the win avenging that loss the car is what gave him an automatic birth to the ncaa championship so he was able to avenge that loss against car to lock up one of those automatic bids to the ncaa's and then he beat car again at the ncaa's um and that was two years ago so uh that's now both of them are up at 149 and that could be uh 
a dogfight uh, on Sunday. Was that the overtime matches or, or late um, one-point matches? Um, am I thinking of Mirren or, um, or am I thinking of Caleb Young? Um, the, the matches with Carr were, uh, were one-point, two-point matches. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he uh, I think he won three to one at the uh, for seventh place at the Big Ten Championships um, in Minneapolis, and then um, uh, then it was a one point match at the NCAAs uh, that he won. So yeah, they and I think the duel. I think Carr actually won maybe by two or three points. Um, I can't remember if that was late in the third period that he uh, uh, that was the difference or or what, but yeah, they've had they've had some barn burners. <laughs>